The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone. Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Do you think that you could repeat the question? Wow. All right. So twice we, we had that happen. Welcome to the Paying Attention Podcast. I don't know what happened, but we are here tonight. Hi, it's up. Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Wow, what a studio audience we have. Give, guys, give yourself a round of applause. Appreciate you guys being here. This is the Methuen Mayor's Race uh, in four days, four days, five days. Uh, next Tuesday, November 5th, uh, the people of Methuen are going to choose who is going to lead the city of Methuen through at least the next two years. There were four candidates in the primary. These are the two, uh, the two candidates that survived the primary, Jen Kinnan, Neil Perry. I want to thank all of our sponsors. Um, uh, Neil Perry, who also who sponsored the show, the Building Wreckers Union Local 1421, endorsing Joyce Campagnon, who also made it today. Let's give a round of applause to Joyce. <laughs> Steve Angelo, who's a, a candidate for at-large city council. Um, Joel Ferretra, candidate for central district council. Your CBD store, now I, I, have, I have joint pain in my hips and my knees. Uh, the, your CBD store in North Andover on Main Street right down the street from my office. And it gives out free samples, so I never have to buy anything. I just go down every day and I get a free sample. I feel good. Uh, JG's Ice Cream, thank you to uh, Randy Carter for bringing us JG's Ice Cream. You can, cl- you can clap at that. JG's is pretty good. Maku Towing, we want to thank our buddy Jason Maku who's here today. Um, Yep. Climate Design Systems, who not only is, in, is sponsoring this debate, but has sponsored all of our debates and is also sponsoring the Paying Attention podcast through the next like six to eight months. So uh, make sure you guys stick around when the election's over. We'll have lots to talk about. Uh, who else do we have? Martino's Towing and uh, Ali Safi, who is uh, in the, uh, a candidate for the West End City Council. And we also have uh, a couple of... Um, uh, uh, Things that we were sent in from the Friends of Neil Perry, which I'll read next time around because we have 13 of them here. Uh, I want to start with uh, each of you telling people at home who you are, introduce yourself. You know, with, we, we all think that everyone knows who you are, right? Because in your universe, everyone knows who you are. But there's a lot of people who maybe are just now starting to pay attention to the election. So uh, why don't both of you, uh, and whichever one wants to go first, there are no time limits. There are no rules. I'll let you guys engage with each other after this, uh, after this round of introductions. Thank you. So I'll go first, if you don't mind. Uh, I am Jennifer Kinnian. I am your current city council chairperson. I, I have been on the city council on and off for 10 years. And uh, I just want to let you know a little bit I, what I have done for the city. Just being on the city council, showing up to every meeting, every public hearing, um, knowing what's going on in our city has, in my opinion, given me the experience that I believe I would possess going into the mayor's office. This is a very different race this year. This is the first time that our mayor hasn't served out a a full term. And going into this year, we've had a lot of issues uh, arise. Being on the city council for two years and leading us in through this rough patch, I believe that 
I know what the problems are and I can go into the mayor's office and help solve those problems. I have experience dealing with the city councils, school committee members, and you need those relationships so that you can collaborate with everybody to get through any issue that arises. So with that, um, my family is born and raised here uh, in Methuen. Uh, my children are raising their families here. And so we do have a vested interest in this city. So I want to see nothing good, uh, nothing but good things in this city. And uh, I will be asking for your vote. And hopefully at the end of this discussion, you will have uh, made a decision that I will be the best candidate to serve. Thank you. Mr. Perry. Uh, hi. Hi. So, uh, How you doing? My name is Neil Perry, and uh, I have the leadership, integrity, and vision to be your mayor uh, for the next two years, if not more. Um, everything in my background has prepared me for this moment in time. So everything. Uh, educationally, um, my work experience, uh, my community involvement have all prepared me to... Um, you know, work as the mayor and represent the citizens of the city of Methuen. And, you know, uh, I, I'm going to be a mayor who's going to listen to the constituents of the city of Methuen. And I spent the last uh, six plus months knocking on thousands of doors all across the city. And what I've heard from the residents is tired of the same old um, lack of representation, tired of the conflicts, tired of the infighting in City Hall. And it's time to have people who aren't politicians step in and give them a fair shake. And I, I pledge to do that. Um, you know, the dysfunction of the last several years has to stop, and I couldn't agree with that more. So I can assure you that as mayor, I'm not going to participate in any of that. So I'm going to lead by example, and I'm going to set an example that the residents can be proud of. My experience has been in a demanding industry. Uh, I haven't been in politics before. Um, I have uh, 40, almost 40 plus years at Raytheon as an executive. It's a very demanding and complex field. Um, and that has prepared me, I think, to adequately step into this role. Um, but uh, I say this candidly. Um, uh, it, not only do I have I promised no favors to any citizens, but I have no conflicts. So I'm going to step in and make the kind of decisions that can only be made with the best interest of the entire city at heart. And that's really what this is all about. This is not about what Neil Perry thinks or what Jen Canant thinks. In, in reality, what it comes down to is what the citizens of Methuen think. And the thousands and thousands of people that I've talked to, whether knocking at doors or at meet and greets or at, at you know, town hall sessions that we've run all across the city, have echoed that over and over again. It's time to stop the infighting and the backroom deals and start to deal with the, what is most important to the citizens, and that's end the conflicts and end the sweetheart deals. So I, I've you know gone around with a positive campaign and shared the details of my plan, my vision for the city are on my website, perryformayor.com, under the section My Vision. I've talked uh, freely about what it is that uh, I would do, and that was based upon the inputs that I got from the people as I walked around the city. That wasn't something that I just dreamed up. I listened, and I'll be a mayor who continues to actively listen. Um, so I'm confident that my education, my training, my leadership, my integrity, and my vision have adequately prepared me to do this job, and I'm looking for your support on November 5th. I'm number one on the ballot. I'm Neil Perry, and thank you for coming. Thanks, so I, I'm sure this is going to degenerate really quickly, but before it does, um, I, I would really like, you know, n nobody's all bad or all good. Even Steve Saber, I'm sure, has something good about him. Um, so I, what I'd really like is for each of you to tell me something that you like, that you, that you admire about the other candidate, something that they've done, a position that they've taken, something that they've been involved in. Either one that wants to go first or I'll call you out. Uh, I'll go. 
Okay. Go. So, I, I, you know, I recognize that uh, the counselor is a better politician than I am, and I've had the good fortune in my life to uh, meet uh, several of her family members, one who I know quite well, and that's her son, Billy. Uh, he's a wonderful young man and an excellent police officer. He's a hero. And, yeah, and he, um, he's been friends with my son, Sean. Um, and he's everything, everything you want in a good young individual. And from that, uh, I think I've said this previously, I make the assessment that um, the council's done a good job uh, raising her family because I assume, you know, seeing how nicely Billy turned out that the, uh, her other kids are just the same. And so I pay her the compliment that I think is the best compliment is uh, she's a good parent. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Neil. I personally don't know Mr. Perry or his children, so I can't say anything um, about that. Uh, what I do say is that anybody that does take time and pull out papers for an elected office, your life does become an open book, and it should. So I do commend anybody that does uh, do that. So I would have to say I would commend Mr. Perry for taking out uh, papers and uh trying to give back to the community in, a, in an elected position. Well, this is good. Let's hope we can keep this going throughout the debate. Um, the, the first issue I want to touch on, I, I talked about it during the uh, city council debates, uh, and that is the, there's a lot of talk going on about um, Methuen having a marijuana growing facility. This is not, I got a lot of emails after the last show, this is not a store where people can buy it. It's not a dispensary. It's not any, anything where kids can go, can go get it. This is just a growing facility that will be used to ship out to other places. Um, there's a lot of talk about that. Um, there's a lot of people who are, uh, for moral reasons, very much against it. There are a lot of people for financial reasons who are very much for it. And I'd like to know what each of you think about it. So I'll go first. If Sure. And we, we currently have uh, a moratorium on any uh, marijuana uses facilities uh, in the city. Um, but the Community Development Department is working on something we're supposed to be doing a public hearing very shortly, possibly after the election, um, just to talk about it, talk about the cultivation, the uh, rec recreational shops, um, medicinal shops, and finding out where they feel is the appropriate place to zone it. Uh, I have I voted in favor of it as far as to do the public hearing with the Community Development Board because we must discuss this. You're not saying you're in favor or not in favor, but it is something as an elected official that it is our job to find out what type of uh, revenue that we could have, what are the, the benefits, what are the, the cons, and then having multiple public hearings to hear what the residents say once they see the identifiable um, places which were uh, done by the Community Development Board. So as far as that, there is a process already in place. It would probably be, I've, I've heard a date, November 13th, where we will have a joint public hearing. And, it, and I definitely think as an elected official, it is our duty to keep an open mind and, and check it out. So... Neil? Yeah, so I, I, you know, this is one of those things that I'm, I'm pretty mindful of, um, you know, the difficulty because uh, in the elect last elections, uh, even though the state voted for legalization of marijuana, Methuen voted against. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very important that we listen, that we not, you know, impose our own free will on it, that we represent the people that we're representing in the city, right? And we right. listen to them. And that's why that those public hearings are so important. I would agree with that. And November 13th is the date. So for the audience there, you know, you got to pay close attention because there's a small little blip in the paper. And if you could miss that easily. Um, but there will be a public hearing on it and we should discuss it. And so for me, um, you know, even, even in my current occupation, Tom, it, it kind of represents a challenge because while marijuana is legal in the state of Massachusetts, as an employee who carries a secret security clearance, I cannot smoke marijuana. Um, 
regardless of whether it's legal. Because it's still federally illegal. Correct, correct. So the federal view is a little bit different than the state view. But, you know, I, I go back to we would have to look at all the details associated. You know, I, I talk frequently about the facts and data, so much so my team says stop mm -hmm. saying that. Uh, um, but you got to look at the, all the details associated with not just the revenue, but also, you know, how do we control it and, and where do we put it? And so where do we put it is an important thing. And I would tell you the only thing I would actively talk to the citizenry about is we're not going to put it in any neighborhoods, right? That should not, uh, a, a growth facility should not be in a residential neighborhood, in my opinion. And that's a discussion we have to have with the residents and kind of make a decision from that. Well, Good. So I don't ever think that would be the intent of the Community Development Board. Uh, and they would be looking probably as a growth facility in a place where there would be absolutely no residential housing. Um, and that is one of the reasons why they have a committee put together. There's a city councilor, uh, James McCarty. He's on that. So never once, I would never want anybody to think that one of these growth facilities would be in a residential neighborhood. So right now with the the public hearing will be showing us is some identifiable pieces of property, if any, um, in Methuen that this, again, it's not just recreational marijuana growth, it's not just the municipal medicinal, it is the um, cultivation. And there could be an area in Methuen that they're identifying uh, as well as that. So like I said, it's uh, very going to be very informative and it will be on the city website. So there will be some notice for that as well. So, so I want to expand. So I, I think one of the things we have to do is uh, take the three things we talked about and kind of chunk them up, right? So a, a grow facility plus medicinal plus uh, retail. Those are three potentially separate discussions in my mind, and we have to make sure we do them in that way. And the other piece of it is we have to make sure that whatever we're looking for for the city, even from the revenue standpoint, that we open it up to multiple bidders, if you will, people that can submit plans to the residents, if the residents agree with that, that that looks at how do we maximize it from a thorn, right? Not just award it to any one group. Take a hard look at, at multiple plans, you know, and that's something that I'm used to in the defense industry. You know, you don't just give to one uh, bidder. You, you solicit bids and then you look at the best bid and then you make the decision based upon the best value of the bid. And, and that's, that again, there's an RFP process in local government. Mm -hmm. So you would probably put out an RFP to find out again if there is an interest of these companies. I, I think Haverhill has put one in, so obviously they're probably looking at other communities. So again, there would absolutely be a process because there is one now on anything that does come in to the city. So let me ask both of you guys because the one thing that I didn't hear was um, what's what the voters decide. I, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe you're not putting the cart before the horse, whereas Methuen voters did vote against it in the in the state election. Why not let the voters decide first before we go through all that? Because they may they may not want it. They may, you may have and you, you know people with pitchforks, you know, storming City Hall saying, no, we don't want this. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they will, but I'm just saying it's a possibility. Why not just put it on the ballot and let the people decide? So um, do you want to do that? No, go ahead. That's all. So... Um, they did decide uh, regarding the medical marijuana that they did support medical marijuana. It was the, two years later when the recreational marijuana did win in the state, but Methuen, um, it did not pass in Methuen. So that was why we were able to put that moratorium in place is because if it passed in Massachusetts, but cities and towns that it didn't pass, they could at least stop it right. to respect the voters in that community. So... Um, that's, but one of the reasons I think that we have to identify these properties is so that if a medicinal place wants to come in, that there would be a place that is zoning appropriate for them to go in. So I think that why not just do the whole thing? 
nothing will go in unless there is public hearings and, and whoever the next city council is, they could absolutely say, if there's a public outcry, we want to put this on the next ballot. That, that could be up to the next city council, just like we did with the charter. And, and the only thing I'll add is, I, I think I started with saying, you know, the public hearings are really the starting point for it, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got to make sure we communicate those public hearings and people are aware and participating in them. Yeah, see, right? I'm, not, I'm not, not to cut you off, but I'm not a big yeah. fan of public hearings because yep. the people who show up at public hearings are, are the, the, are the, you know, the seven people that watch every city council yep. meeting. They, they're involved, and we know who they are, and we already know where they stand before they get up to the microphone. I'm just really worried about the the people out there who maybe hate. And by, the, by the way, I'm all for it, right? Mm -hmm. But I, but I think that there's a lot of people in Methuen who really are adamantly against mm -hmm. it, and I yep. think their voices need to be yep. heard. I agree. I don't think public hearings is the way that that should go, though. I mean, I don't, I don't get to say, but that's just my opinion. I don't see it as one public hearing. I mean, that's part of the issue, okay. right? And there's, there's a whole different, there's many different ways, Tom, to do public hearings, right? So there's multiple approaches, and a lot of it is about how we communicate. You know, that, that reference we made to the November 13th meeting, you really got to be paying close attention to the paper to kind of pick up on that, and that's the point I'm making, right? You need to do a better job communicating the public hearing so that you get the interested parties there, and, they ha and you can have the discussion. That's really the point. Right. I want to thank JG's Ice Cream, who has phenomenal ice creams, and I want to thank Randy Carter for bringing me a JG's on his way in. They are sponsoring the debate tonight. Um, so let's get right into the Sweetheart Inn uh, situation. The Sweetheart Inn, uh, we all know Mike Condon. I love Mike Condon. I've, he's been very good to me over the years. Um, he, he wanted to put in a development. There was outcry by the community. And now it's, it's still unresolved, and we're going into an election. So I'm just wondering what each of you think about how this should be resolved, what is best for Methuen. Whoever wants to go I'll first. start. Okay. It, it should, it should be, continue to stay where it is, right in the community development department, because that is where these projects are approved or disapproved. And there was an issue uh, under the pr prior administration that, um, uh, maybe this administration, that three members had um, left the community development board. Some of them are here tonight. Oh, they are? Yep. So um, then... Under one of my recommendations to Major Juga was to put uh, Ron Hadem on there because I know he has been dying to get on that board for quite some time. And I just feel that those boards have a job to do and there should be absolutely no political interference. And honestly, uh, I watched the meeting and what happened was the vote came down and they decided that it shouldn't go through. And Ron Hayden was very public in a comment that I saw him make and he said that, as, like you just said, he likes Mike, but it just wasn't good for the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And that's where it should stay. Mr. Perry? Well, I, I feel the same way. I, I just want to make a comment about the, um, you know, we really had intimidation of the people who were working as part of the, the planning board there. And they were really intimidated out of their positions, right, by the current administration. And that's one of the probably 10 factors that led to me getting into this race is, you know, we've got a, a legacy of, of, you know, unfair practices. So all conflicts have to be above board, related to any project like that, so that people can understand whose involvement and what their involvement is. And that, that goes down to not just the developers, that goes to real estate, that goes to all aspects of it. And so one of the things that we have, tend to have in the town is not forthright uh, discovery of, of the true means. So I would not, by no means be in favor of um, allowing them to develop that property. So how does this end? How, one of you is going to be mayor, one of you is going to be making decisions on yep. this. 
How does this end? What 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 is the end game here? Is it twenty units? Is it three units? What happens? I, I will say, just like any other project that is in front of whether it's a zoning board or community development board. Over the years, I've seen. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, there was a big outcry uh, from the residents, and myself and a few counselors uh, supported some people with the, an affordable um, big project down near the loop, and they were very upset. We sh- we went to the meetings in, in support of them, and it passed. It passed on the zoning board, even though we went in as just representative not to overstep our boundaries. Because, again, I, I respect the board. That's their decision. They have the knowledge. They are volunteers. And um, so they did pass it. Right now, that whole, after two years, that permit has expired. Whoever was doing that, and we all thought, okay, you know what? There's going to be a, an affordable housing, 157 units across from the loop, and uh, it just is what it is. And to this day, it expired. That person would have to start the whole process over. So I believe in the boards. I believe we should allow them. If we're if they're volunteering and they want to do uh, their community service, then as, as far as me interfering with them, never have, never will, would. And um, I think that whatever decision they make, the city stands by them. Uh, before I let you answer, Mr. Yeah. Jonathan, can you pull up the uh, the timing on the on the screen, the timer, just so I can keep an eye on where we are? Go ahead, Mr. Perry. I apologize. So, so that's okay. Um, so the only thing I'd say is follow the rules, right? We have we have rules in town for a reason. We we tend to for whatever reason we don't follow the rules, and that's a problem. Um, so we have rules around you know uh, lot sizes, and those have to be followed. And really, you know, if that property is destined to be developed, follow the rules. The rules say you can't put the number of housing units in there that they were trying to put in there, and I'm talking about the Sweetheart Inn, back to the question, mm-hmm. right? Follow the rules. If it's two houses that can go in that you know, acreage, then it's two houses, and that's really what the solution is. Follow, follow the guidelines. Go ahead, yeah. Thank you. So let me ask you this question, Mr. Perry. Do you, you've heard of Stone Castle Estates, correct? I have. What were the rules of the zoning over there? Do you know? I don't. Two-acre zoning. Mm-hmm. How did they get all those houses in two-acre zoning? Did they follow exception. the rules? They probably had an exception, would be my guess. And how, and so same, how, as, same as, uh, I would assume, Regency and, and Emerald Pines, correct, right? Correct. And the city took money so for that. So that's why. So when you say follow the rules, yeah. I call it following the process. Yep. If the Community Development Board, getting back to my original statement, the Community Development Board would have all the information, and if that was an open space recreational development, they just did that, I believe, up on uh, Great Oaks, up on... Um, off of Maple Street or North Street, and they had to go in front of that same community development mm-hmm. board, and I believe that was supposed to be a um, another affordable housing, couple affordable housings on there. You can ask one of the members if that's still the case. I'm not sure um, if that changed after the after the original permit was given, which I think it was. Um, but again, there are rules and these boards, it's, it's procedure and process. And every one of these boards should just, in my opinion, follow it. And I think at the end of the day, the outcome with the sweetheart in was exactly how it should be. If they want to come back and they have every right to do so, then the board would have to uh, decide what their new proposal looks like. Are you good? I'm good. Okay. So one of the things that has really, really gotten me since this uh, election started is that we had a superintendent in, in Methuen who not only was not certified as a superintendent for the years that she was superintendent, but her name got put forward to be superintendent after she served as like eight or 10 years as a principal without any certification. And I, 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 I've asked all of the candidates for council 
um, whether or not they thought when, when the new council and the new mayor comes on board, there should be an investigation about that. It seems to me that she got a golden parachute on her way out the door after, after misspending $4 million and claiming it was all special ed when we know it wasn't all special ed, after having her name put forward when she wasn't even qualified to hold the position she was in when she applied for the job. And it seems like the school committee just... Just voted to let her go, and everybody wants to move forward for the sake of the children, but nobody actually knows who knew about it, who, who participated in it. And I'm interested as to whether or not, if either of you are mayor, when you become mayor, would you, would you investigate as chairman of the school committee? How did this happen? I'll start. Okay. So I absolutely would, but I, I want to, you know, take a word of caution here. So you have to be careful because the city, the representatives of the city have settled, right? So we have to take a hard look at what was the settlement and contractually, you know, what was agreed upon. And so those are really the, the things that we need to take a look at when I'm elected. So you got to take a hard look at it and decide, is it pursuable or not? And so, you know, what I've said at a lot of places across the city is, you don't want to begin a relationship with a lie. So taking a look at it and promising to take action are two different things. So we've got to see what's in there, Tom, before we can say, you know, this is actionable. Well, or not. But, but I'm not looking to punish Judy Scano yep. or to investigate Judy Scano. What I'm looking for, and I would, and I would, because I don't live in Methuen, but I, yep. I, I hear it from Methuen people all the time. How did this happen? Who else knew? And when you've got a superintendent who has something like that in her background, it's very easy for some politician to say, look, if you don't give my kid a job, I'm going to expose you. We want to know who those people were. There's no way in eight or ten years she could, be, she could be superintendent and have nobody know about it and nobody took advantage of it. So, well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm looking for somebody to say, yeah, well, yeah we're going to look into this and find out who else knew well, about it. I will say, I, don't, I wouldn't go as far as to say nobody looked at it or nobody knew about it. There was a school committee there who, who renewed her contract. Mm -hmm. And again, why didn't they look at that? Why didn't they look and say, oh, we may have been given a waiver in whatever year, 2008. However, it's now 2015, 2016, and you did not uh, comply with this. Are right. you planning on complying? Why not ask the questions? So I believe the school committee members who had to look at that, that's a place that I would look at. But I am going to agree with Neil to say now what, what we would do, if there was already a settlement, there has been executive meetings, and I couldn't say whether I would have an investigation until I see exactly what was said in that executive session um, and find out what the um, exact terms and conditions of the settlement were. But I would have to say, whoever, whoever renewed that contract, maybe once or twice, since because I believe Steve Zani, when he was there, he had allowed her maybe to get her certifications or whatever. And if that was the deal, then fine. But right after that, I don't know if there was one or two renewals and I would look at that. Yeah, I hated both of those answers, but I don't live in Methuen. That's okay. Um, <laughs> that's the truth. That's, that's great. Um, so let's talk about the police contract a little bit. I mean, I know we, everybody knows about the, the minutiae and all the details about who knew what and what knew who. Um, but regardless of who was found at fault and who was doing anything nefarious, at the end of the day, that is going to get settled in arbitration. Mm -hmm. And they're going to get something, whether it's a dollar, a hundred dollars, or a hundred thousand dollars, they're going to get something. And there isn't enough money in the budget right now. So either one of you will be mayor when this comes down, when this happens. How do you pay them once arbitration is over when there's nothing in the budget to pay them? Do you want me to take it? So um, we do have money in the city, and just everybody, and I've said this during when I go door to door or when I am in uh, people's houses, 
The, the sky is not falling in Methuen. We live in a wonderful, beautiful community that I am very proud of. And we did have a situation in 2018, um, sorry, 2017, but it reared its head in 2018. And we are currently working on fixing that solution. We are in, I wouldn't say grand, grand uh, financial um, status, but we do have some two over $2 million in our free cash and our stabilization fund we are building up. And in the event this does get solved before, uh, does not get solved before I become the mayor, then, then there will be uh, adequate, adequate funding or we'll look into some type of plan that we could pay them. But uh, I want to wait before I put the cart in front of the horse and see what happens in this investigation. And it's, and it's really heating up, I will say that. Well, I, 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 the only thing, you know, I'm going to go back to root cause because, you know, one of the things you learn when you work where I do is root cause. So you, you peel the onion back and you talk about the contract and, you know, what we can't get to in the city is accountability over what happened. We didn't follow our, you know, we, the council talked about following our processes. This is clearly a case where we didn't follow our process. So when you look at this contract, we did not follow our processes. We had a resolution that said, we should have looked at a before and after financial impact statement. We did not do that. We had a charter that said a second read is required at a different meeting. We didn't do that. We did both reads the same night. That's root cause of the situation. So now that we have the problem presented to us, I would suggest to you the counselor can't participate in the fix of it. She can talk about it, but she can't. Talk, and, and how do you know that? Who did well, you speak she, to? Well, who did she, you speak to? Did you speak to the state ethics? You have just, a conflict of interest. Do, do you, did you speak to the I've, state ethics? I've read the letter that talks speak, about your so conflict. So you're a lawyer. No, I'm not. Okay, so but I can speak read. to the state, state oh, ethics commission, so like I do. You you can't well, you can't again, participate keep, in the fix right, that for people right. that are your son's boss, and that's that's the reality of the situation. So we can talk about fixing it, but we can't fix it, right? You can't. I can. It will be fixed. Okay. Yeah, but you, you, with all due respect, you didn't answer my question. Yep. Right. How do we pay for it now if arbitration comes out tomorrow and just says, okay, we're going to give $100? The money's not in the budget. It wasn't yep. budgeted. So, so, so how do you, how do you so pay you, them whatever so it is? A supplemental budget. Yeah. So you do a full forensics examination of what's in the city right now. You know, one of the things that I frequently talk about is uh, we've done a lot of residential development in this city. Uh, I, you know, I get off Route 213 every night. Um, when I'm getting out of work early, about 5 o'clock, it takes me four resolutions to get off the highway to get to Howe Street. And that's changed dramatically in the five years that I've lived in that end of town. And so there's a lot more people living up there than used to live up there. And I hear the same thing from people in the West, you know, over past the Irish Cottage. So if we've got all this residential development, we've got to take a hard look at where all this money's going. Where are the money's going? And, and you know, yeah, it might be a supplemental budget. I would agree with that. But you have to first take a full forensic look at everything that you're taking in and where the money's going. And I, we have to count for all of it. I guess, I guess where I'm confused well, is, and maybe the people at home don't know what a supplemental budget is, if there's no money that, that was voted on by the council and approved by the mayor in this current budget, what's kind of a, how does that work? What, how does a supplemental budget get them money that's not in the budget? Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you another example. So the same and thing It's only happened. out of my own ignorance. That's it's okay. not a loaded that's question. Okay. So yep. perfect example, the $4 million deficit spending that happened at the school. Mm -hmm. they, had they spent the first million or even the first 100000 had they come to the city council and asked for a supplemental budget, then again, same question, where do we get the money? Mm -hmm. Again, some of that was special education mandate. We are required to, to, to fund them if that's what the case was. 
but it didn't happen. So in other words, no matter what it comes in front of you, and it can be anything, we can have an emergency. And if it's not budgeted, then we have to look into where we can get the money. And that's why we have been putting a good amount of money in the stabilization fund. We're starting to get on a better um, financial stability role because we have the fiscal stability officer who is on loan with us from the state. He's excellent. And now with the new CAFO in there. She's working uh, with the whole, the mayor and the city council and to get us back on this track. And so I think that we have a better financial outlook than we did in the prior administration. Uh, the only thing I'd add to it is uh, none of the residents believe that we're on solid financial footing. So if you're knocking all the doors that I'm knocking, most residents don't believe that. And, you know, we saw an, an editorial in the paper saying we're on solid financial footing. People don't believe that. And they haven't seen evidence well, of it. that's our job to and tell them because as an elected official, they don't know. They rely on us, their elected officials, to inform them. As a city council at large, everybody calls me for everything. They call, sometimes if they even can't get in touch with a school committee member, they will call until they get a person. It is our job to inform them, our knowledge to say this is how our stabilization looks. Hey, this is how our police department looks, our fire department, our senior center. We, when we go to the door and they, they're afraid because of what they're hearing out there, then it's our job to say, guess what? I'm working my hardest. Yes, we had a problem, but we are fixing it. And then when I leave that door, they feel better. They don't. When I walk away from that door, there is not the sense that Methuen is going down the drain. And I will tell you, you can look at that. I think uh, my opponent had mentioned, uh, I'll give a perfect example, uh, Emerald Pine on the other side of Methuen. They're paying upwards of $700,000 to move into our fine community. That is a high value on your property. So to sit here and hear what I've been hearing when I'm knocking on doors, that is not the case. And I will do everything in my power to make sure that people in this community know we live in a great community, great people, whether they're not, they're my supporters or Mr. Perry's supporters. I still consider them all good people in this community. And we need to keep that message going because a positive city is a successful city and people want to come in. So that's all I have to so say. I, I, the only thing I'll add is if, if that was the case, then the ERP system that we just had to take the money out of the Searles from, we could have gotten from elsewhere, right? Instead of taking from the Searles building where we desperately need repairs, we could have found other places to get it. So, you know, part of being honest and transparent to the citizens of, the, of Methuen is we've got to tell them, you know, how ugly the baby is once in a while. Yeah. And so that's the reality. I, I, I do want to... I do want to chime right. on that. So the former administration, and these are all facts, took out a $2.3 million bond back, uh, I would assume it would probably have been in 16, maybe 17, and it was for some repairs that are needed on the Searles Building, our beautiful Great Hall. That money sat there, ladies and gentlemen, $2.3 million just sat there, and there was no plan to get any repairs at the time done on the Searles Building. As we found out that, again, we could you use this wonderful system. They, I think we have decided on it. It's called MUNIS. It's an integrated financial and management system, which for finally, we are going to bring both city and school together in their finances so this never happens to us, both on the city side and the school side. There was a, just a huge disconnect. It was nobody's fault. It was just that the, the city and school were pretty much two separate entities, or they were acting as two separate entities. So what we decided, this is a million dollar plus investment to our community. It is a must need thing to bring us to, again, greater financial stability. So there was $2 million sitting there doing nothing. We decided to, well, the mayor decided to bring it to the city council to see if we could repurpose a portion of that. 
and we did about 1.3, uh, 1.1 million, give or take a little. The other 1.3 million is staying in that fund to use to do the HVAC, which you can't do everything all at once. So why not do use the 1.3? Three, start getting the HVAC in the heat because it's awful in City Hall, and then use the other money and get something else that's going to help the city. That's called good business. Rather than let that money sit in there for two years, and plus, we were paying on that. So that's just, so when somebody says, oh, we could have did this, we could have did that, well, we're doing that, we're, I'm there, and we're doing it. And I think it's the best thing for the city. So let me just say this. Go right ahead. So, so, um, you know, the, the money that's taken out. So let's talk about the ERP system first, because mm -hmm. I work with an ERP system mm -hmm. first. So one of the things we got to... By gotta the way, be, what is an ERP system? Because I hear the council talking an, about it. We don't it's an home integrated financial management system mm -hmm. that's going to connect everything. Okay. Now, I, I say that. It's kind of like learning a foreign language. Uh, so, you know, don't expect that people are going to be expert in it in week week one, month one. Right. It takes a little while for people to come up to speed with, with a system of that magnitude. That's, that's point mm -hmm. one. So... You know, this is not a debate over whether we need that system or not. Um, but the point I want to make is uh, the council said an important thing there. Nobody's to blame for the for the overrun. See, I disagree with that. I didn't say for the overrun. I said for the disconnect of, of the school and the city. Well, so so oversight is really what's required, right? Just my point is that that ERP system alone does not guarantee oversight. It gets greater connection. And it's not true. The audit, if you read the audit that came out, said that not all of the overrun was caused by special ed mandates. Right. In fact, most of it was caused by overstaffing. Administration, administration right. So you, you got to connect all these facts and kind of put them all together because they all make a, a, a whole picture, if you will. Right? This is not one... Instance. So this ERP system is a good thing. Uh, I'm for it, but it, you know, it's not a panacea. It's not going to fix everything on day one. It takes people a while to get used to a system like that. It's pretty comprehensive. And I, I know what I'm talking about when I talk about ERP systems, because we use one. Right? It, it took people that I work with a significant amount of time to get used to it. It's a change. It's a significant change. It is. And so I just recently had a meeting with um, Sean Cronin, who's a fiscal stability officer, and he said that the company that you buy it from, they definitely send a crew of people because every department head has to know how this works. But at when it's all said and done, other municipalities have it. And so let's just say when somebody retires, you're not going to have to, as like you said, where are we going to get the money? Everything in here is they're going to know how many hours are owed, um, who, who has sick days, who's on vacation. It's going to talk about who's overspending, what do you have left in this department. It is essential, especially as we're, we're now at, at 50,000 people. This is something that, in, in what I had said, will bring everybody together. I don't think five years ago this, this system would have even have been considered, but in seeing what has happened on both the city and the school, it is going to be something that bridges both of them together so that one, one department, which would be the CAFOs department, will keep their eye on the city finances. And I think that's very good because now somebody's responsible for that. Um, and the only, the only point is you, you, you've, got, you've got more than just the system, right? I want to keep pointing that out. There's more required than a system to provide that oversight, right? So it requires people, it requires connection, it requires collaboration. And so that's not, you're not gonna get that automatically by an ERP system, it just doesn't work like that, right? There has to be some connection, because if you go back before this, we did have a town auditor, right? With the single, the largest line item in the city budget has been the schools, right? But that you just had rather rolled up numbers in the, in the, um, in the budget, city budget from the schools. 
right? And that oversight was what's not, so the CAFO or, or you know, the auditor on steroids is really what's gonna provide that oversight and kind of bring us forward, not, not just the system. The, uh, I want to come back to the school department for a minute because I watched, and I want to con congratulate Council Canan on the yeoman's work that the city council did in the last two years, going line by line for the first time in my lifetime that I can remember, going line by line. I mean, how many pencils we have and where is it being funded from? And as long and painful and arduous as some of those meetings were, I watched every minute of them. Uh, I thought it was great for transparency for the community. However, when you guys were done, the school department came before you and threw a, threw a lump sum number at you guys, and you guys just accepted it. And I'm, I'm yelling at the TV, those of you who watch my live podcast, I'm yelling at the TV going, wait a minute, I mean, doesn't that defeat the whole purpose of what you guys just did? So I'm wondering, why did the council for Jen, why did the, why did the council allow the school department to, to, to give you guys a bottom line number and not have to justify line by line what you guys did because you did such great work. And I guess for Mr. Perry, how would you have handled it had you been there? So for me, um, are you talking just this first one or the second one? Because we have gone line by line on both. But I do know because of the prior administration, and this is part of the problem, uh, he was supposed to be the educational mayor, the one that I ran, <laughs> the one that I ran against. The, I'm the educational mayor. How's that working out for our school system now? But he did underfund the school. In fact, the first year, um, there was one time we had to give them $2.5 million out of our stabilization fund because you have to, you have to fund your schools. You have to do it. Um, second of all, this time here, I do know there was a lot of discussion with the school committee. Uh, and I think that they were looking for a higher number. Uh, but over the last couple of years, they have gone from $72 million to over eighty. So that is a big jump over two years that we showed as a city council that we are willing to give the schools because they need the money. Well, let, me, let me ask you, what? why? I mean, I'm watching that they overspent by $2 million under Zanny, then they overspent by $4 million under this mayor, and you guys just keep giving them more money. They need the money. At this point, they, they need the money for the children. But they're misspending it. Well, again, there was, and I will concur with um, my opponent, I did look at the numbers when the $4 million came in again. Uh, they should have come to us for, for this. And there was about, I don't know the exact number, maybe 1.1 or 1.2 million of administrative raises. Mm -hmm. it, it was in there. So that's something, again, I talked to my school committee members about because this is something that came to us and we had to fund them 4 million because we cannot deficit spend as a city. And while we, while we did the uh, deficit spending, it automatically put us in just to let the residents know. It was not the police department. It was the school's four, four million deficit spending that got us into fiscal oversight. I say if there's any one good thing that happened because of that, that would be it, the state oversight, because we needed the state here. There were too many things going on in this city. We have Sean Cronin here, and he's overseeing us um, at the lowest level of oversight. And just to get us back on track, because he said, again, Methuen's not in, in tough shape, and it's good news to hear. But... Um, the, the $4 million uh, of overspending was immediate uh, state oversight. And in that law, which was the Home Rule Petition, Chapter 278, we have put some um, more city-side uh, oversight uh, with the CAFO uh, to, to make sure it never happens again.
Mr. Perry. So, uh, uh, you know, the only thing I'm going to disagree with the council on is, I, I don't know that, and this is not a reflection on Sean Conan because I think he does a good job. I, I don't think it's ever a good thing to say you have state oversight, right? That means you did something wrong. Um, you, you know, we did deficit spending, and that that's what resulted in the state oversight, and Lawrence just came out of there, so. But I must do, I, I 20 to, years later. Yeah, yeah. But I do have to just before, because again, if you've watched me on the council, anytime somebody says something, the twist words, I do have to stop. Sure. So I didn't say that uh, the state over, the state, the overspending was good. I said, if anything good came from that, we have, because if you're sitting in my seat on the city council with everything that went on, <laughs> and I think everybody was watching it, that everybody was doing what they wanted to do in the administrative office and obviously the $4 million of overspending without following certain procedure, as you speak so much of, you're not saying that, but it's good to have somebody independent to be here to watch and make sure that we are now putting the proper policies and procedures in place so this never happens again. So it wasn't good to say that we deficit spent, but the one good thing that came out of that is the states here because it, we need somebody outside of Methuen to help fix this problem. But we would not have needed that if we had only followed our own guidelines, is my point. Well, the guidelines so, of the school department, because that's the only reason why they're here, is because of the $4 million of overspending. I, I don't, didn't disagree with that, Council, so okay. I, don't, I don't know what the argument is. There's no argument. So, um, we'll fix that. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. Um, so I lost my point there. I'm sorry, that was my right. fault. No, um, so I, I think, you know, one of the things that differs tremendously from, uh, uh, I'm going to say governments in general, Right. Let's not restrict it to the city of Methuen. Is uh, you know, it's a much different approach to budgeting than it is in private industry, and and I I understand that. And you know, there's certain things you have to face as a government that you you don't face in private industry, but there's a much harder line in private industry. Meaning, you get a budget and you're going to live to the budget, and if you don't live to the budget, then somebody else lives to the budget after you, mm -hmm. and there's accountability in that regard. And and you know, we we don't have that. On, on government side, right? There seems to be a willingness to overspend. And so part of it is, you know, we've lost this customer service focus for our, our constituents, and we're not focused on taking a look. Uh, you know, when you look at that budget, Tom, you talk about the audit that came out. It did, again, I'm going to go back. It, it didn't, the first answers were, it's all special ed. And, and, and by the way, before somebody says anything, I'm all for making sure that the state increases the funding back into the cities. And I've talked to our state senator and our state reps, and we've got to do something there. And, and it looks like they're headed there. It won't happen this year, but there's an approach to increase the, the Chapter 70 funding. But we, you know, have to live to budgets. That's the problem. And so um, we have to look at our city government side and, and monitor it the same way that you would monitor it any place else. There's no place else. That, you can't go into a grocery store with $1,000 and buy $2,000 worth of groceries. It just doesn't work that way. And so we've got to stop, like, looking at it like there's, you know, free money at the end of the rainbow. We've got to start focusing on, you know, um, you know cons conservative spending and, and accounting for every dollar. And I, I talked about zero-based budgeting because, you know, in, in private industry, you aren't guaranteed year two if you're, uh, whatever, it is, what are we, 160 million is our budget this year, 160 and change. If, if you're 160 million year one, doesn't mean you're going to get 170 year two. That's not the way it works. You have to justify the services that you're going to provide each and every year. And you do this... Uh, multi-year look ahead, even though you're only budgeting for one year, you look at your revenues and expenses over a longer period of time so that you can start planning and preparing for them. And that's important because we keep running into, you know, these shortfalls that we've got to kind of move buckets around. And that's, you know, heart of the problem to me.
So have you looked at our last couple of budgets and take a good hard look at the last two that this and I and I have to tell you and when you said, you know, kudos to me for two years, it wasn't me. I served on the council with uh, eight other city councilors and and sometimes Listen, we, I'm not taking sides, but no, I'm I, just I watched I watched you sit there through every grueling meeting and you ran the meeting and you deserve the credit and I'm not but, taking sides at all. No. I'm just calling it the way it, it is. It you was, did an exceptional job running those you. meetings and going line by line. I guess going back to my original question, the school department didn't do that. And I'm, I'm just curious as to that. It's more than 50% of the city budget. So while you guys did great work, it's almost kind of like it, 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 it became irrelevant when you just allowed the school department to come back the second time without a line by line. So again, the year before when they, they had that $78 million number and they were really, they were stuck, they were, they were stuck at that 78. Mm -hmm. Again, they, the mayor and the superintendent, um, I, th I believe it was the interim superintendent. They came, I, I think her number was even going to be higher or the school committee's number was going to be higher. So at this point, that 80 million, we have to fund our schools. We, we have to, we, we cannot drop below where we are now because I, I, I don't know if we're at level three or a level two, but we cannot. And I will do everything in my power as mayor to make sure that the teachers are funded, that the class sizes are going um going to get smaller because uh, we need to get our MCAS scores up. But um, I'm going to have to say uh, schools are very important in, in for well, too good, long. My, my last question oh, on the schools. Hang on. Hang on. Let Go me ahead. just say one thing. Good. Uh, so if we use our ERP system correctly, this should be a, a non-issue because we should be able to look at our ERP system if it's used properly and track all of the spending that occurs mm -hmm. throughout, right? And, and you don't have that separation of city side, right. school side anymore with the ERP system. So if used properly, we should be able to take a look at that and, and find detailed spending on whether it's, you know, is it administrative costs, is it, is it uh, teacher labor costs, is it other costs, et cetera. Um, I want one more question on the schools because the mayor is going to be chairman of the school system and uh, school committee, and uh, the schools have had far more problems than the police department has had, although you'd never know it reading the Eagle Tribune. Um, Jana DiNatale, a member of the Methuen School Committee, uh, was savaged about a year ago when she put up a survey monkey online asking people about out-of-city out of city residents, kids from Lawrence, coming into Methuen, taking advantage of the Methuen schools. She wanted to just kind of get a handle on what the numbers might be or what people thought about that. And she got savaged by the, her fellow school committee members who told her she had no right to do that. Coming in as the next mayor, you're going to be chairman of the school committee. Will you get to the bottom of this? It seems a to be something that people talk about. Absolutely. So, so um, and, and, you know, we've talked to a lot of the teachers, and, and it's a common topic. Right, we just have to approach it in a sensible way, right? So we, you know, you have people saying, "Well, you got to check everybody who takes Uber." In this day and age, a, a lot of people take Uber to school, right, with multiple working families, right? So you, you can't. You, you need to take an aggressive approach to find, make sure that the the kids in our schools are only our kids. Our taxes should be paying for our children to go to schools, and that's really the fact. And so that requires a partnership between. You know, the schools and the school resource officer and an aggressive approach to kind of look at that and, and ensure city residency for the people that attend our schools. Good. And um, I didn't see that meeting where she was ravished, but I do know that there is a system in place because I have kids in, in the school. I think that if she wants to strengthen that, I would be all for that. Matter of fact, I think I had a conversation with her. She wanted to talk to the city attorney to find out what we could do for people who have multifamily homes in Methuen. And if they rent into children, maybe we could identify that. But I put her in 
contact with him because I thought it was something that was uh, worth looking into. Um, but I will say there is a process because my granddaughter and my daughter lived with us. Uh, she did not have a, um, this was when they were little and everybody knew who I was because I had another daughter in the school. But when she came home, she said, well, uh, we don't have a, we don't pay rent. We, you know, live in your house. And I had to provide them with a, a utility bill and a notarized letter from me as saying that they live in my house. And I think that's a great thing to do because that helps. So would there be other stuff to look into? Yes, but there is a process. And I don't know if it was, uh, I'd have to see what her question was because I know there's certain years they do certain grades mm -hmm. um, or is it every year you do every grade? That would be something that I would have to look into. But I definitely support our resident che residency checks because um, people want to come to Methuen schools just like they want to come to Methuen. So um I think that we have to be diligent, and that's something I've been very to. neglectful of our fine, fine sponsors, who all of whom helped us to do this today. And because we have so many, we may be able to go over. Although I understand Mr. Jonathan makes a million five a year, so I'm not too sure we can afford him. <laughs> uh, Joel Ferretra is a candidate for Central District City Council. Uh, he is a sponsor, and we would hope that you would uh, consider him because he's a sponsor. Your CBD store, 73 Main Street, North End, right, literally downstairs from my office. JG's ice cream on your way back on your way when you're leaving. It's Literally right across the street. Go over and grab yourself a frap or something. It's pretty good. Um, and I, I got a, a coffee frap thanks to my buddy Randy Carter. Um, Marcus Towing, Jason Marcus, who's here today. I appreciate you being in the building for us. Didn't just sponsor this debate, but he sponsored several others. Climate Design Systems, our friend Nina over at Climate Design Systems, not only sponsored this debate, but sponsoring all of our debates and the Paying Attention podcast moving forward after the election. By the way, I don't just do this at election time. I actually have a, show, like a regular show. Uh, so when the election's over, please continue tuning in. I'd appreciate that. Although I'm sure Steve Saber will probably try and have a shutdown again. Uh, <laughs> Martin Knows Towing uh, called last minute and said that they really wanted to uh, sponsor the debate. And we appreciate that they've done that now for a, uh, a couple of our debates. Neil Perry, candidate for Mayor Ali Safi, who is a candidate for West End City Council. I think I got all of them. Did I know? <coughs> and Building and Wreckers Union Local 1421 uh, endorsing Joyce Campagnon. Joyce Campagnon's in the building. Hey, Thank you, Joyce, Joyce Campagnon. We love Joyce. We love, we love Joel and we, we love Joyce. I wish they could both win. Um, so at this point, I think what I'd like to do is um, I'd like for you guys to ask each other a question and talk to each other about the differences between you and maybe even some of the similarities between you. I think it's important for the people at home to see the contrast, but also to see what it is that you guys agree on. And whoever wants to go first, I'll, I'll be happy to let you go first. So we'll, we'll, I'll talk about a couple of issues if that's what your premise was. So the city council recently had um, a resolution in front of them regarding using state taxpayer dollars to repair one of the um, the, the railroad structure. Um, how how did you understand that, and how would you have voted on that? The railroad structure or the L's? Well, the the grant was to fix the roof in the uh, building, and then the L's as well. It was a whole roof and. <laughs> Um, I, I, my understanding is that the building itself is private use and that the L's and the tracks are leased to the city. Mm -hmm. um, so I would have um, I would have first gone and ascertained who owned what mm -hmm. for us because so, you can't use, as you know, can't use uh, public money for private property. Um, but if is that true though? Yeah, because didn't the council vote to pave two private roads this past year? <laughs> Anybody? No. So, okay. Maybe okay. I just misunderstood. So, no. so 
on, on, there are some grants that specifically say they could go towards a, a specific building. Um, it, it, again, right now, in fact, yesterday there was a community development uh, presentation about how to use um, certain grant funds from the federal government on blighted buildings in specific areas. Uh, I went to that yesterday, and so the homeowner or the business owner would have to apply for the grant, but so that's separate. This is this was money left over from the rail trail, so I'll go back and just say again, the original proposal brought in front of the city council said that there was going to be a, a roof on there and on the L's and whether it fixed mm -hmm. the structure for over 200 yep. and something thousand. And, and if the L's are leased to the city... I would go to the register, uh, to the city public records, and ascertain, you know, who owned the the L's, and then if they belong to the city, I would vote to approve them. So, because I, uh, you were on record saying that we had to return the money to the state. Well, you didn't, didn't use it. You didn't use it for that. Yes. So, but we didn't have to return it. So, just to, because that was something that is being said during these meetings and talking to the residents, because they they're calling me and they're asking me the same question. The money was used from the real trail. We had a few hundred thousand left over, maybe even more than that. Three hundred twenty-eight. We actually had about nine hundred thousand. Okay. And we did not have to return it to the state. It is up to the city to use that money where we deem that we want to want, want to use it. My opinion, and that's exactly what myself, Councilor Saber, Council McCarty did. We found out, went to the registry, and found out um, of deeds uh, online. I think we got that the exact uh, ownership of the building and found out that we didn't own the building and it would not be in the right of the city council to use that money on pri uh, privately owned. Um, Property. There are plenty of other things in our city that need repair. We could go to the all the islands. We can go to the uh, down on, um, you know, throughout the city. There are places where we could use this this money. And to say that we had to give it back, we did not have to so, give it back. So, so is your position that um, Methuen doesn't own the L's or? I didn't say the L's. It was okay. the, it was the the reason why we said no. It was one contract that came in front of us. And again, this is something where somebody can pass judgment very easily on city councilors. And what, but what happened was it was the whole thing. It was the roof. It was the L's, and I believe it was some. Um, I watched the discussion. Yeah, but the point was, you yep. can't say yes to this and no. It was that's why it had to be voted down. But, but you just said you just said you could use it anywhere that the city deemed. If it was city, if it if it was undisputed city property. So the it's L's not are, undi it's not undisputed yet. We're we're looking at that. We're in executive okay. session looking at to see if those L's are even our property. Okay. But again, giving us the but, benefit of the but doubt. Public the, records. Yeah. But public records could really tell us. Public that. records didn't tell us, and that's okay. why again, sir. I again, it's very easy sitting there, but us again, good people sitting on the city council, mm -hmm. continuously being bashed. For, for again, you, you had it. Did you go down to the registry and see what, what was owned before you actually criticized us? Again, it's very hard to be a public servant. We do the best we can, but to sit there and you want to be the mayor of the city council, I mean the mayor of the city, you got to work with the city council. So I hope that when you make these comments, uh, you know, we do do our homework. And, and that's just one of the things I had heard you said, we don't have so, to return so the money. So why, why would you not have delayed the vote until you ascertained whether the the L's were city property or not. Well, the Why have the vote that night? Because the records then? we had, that, yeah. that we had in front of us, said that they weren't. And at that point, when, I'm not going to spend another dollar because this city had gotten in trouble, not before I was mm -hmm. on the council, but for misusing grant money. 
and we had to pay it back. So I will not do that. I will not put this, again, learning from mistakes and past. And so the answer was that was not undisputed. There are better places that we can use that money that we, we know 100% sure that they are city property. And that's where I'll look to spend it. Neil, do you have a question for Councilor well, Kinnear? I, I want to finish on this topic. Feel free. Okay to, so, so how long is it going to take before the city council determines whether the L's it's, are part of city thank property? You. It's currently in executive session. Lawyers are working on it because okay. the VFW may be involved in there because they own that property. So we just want to make sure we get it right. It shouldn't be something quick, but before the... Uh, I, yeah. I agree with that part of it. Okay. Then we should have... Table to vote is my yeah, we can, feedback. They can say no, we consider. But there's other places right now undisputed that we could use that money. Neil, do you have a question for yeah. Councilor Kinnear? Yeah, so um, in light of, uh, I, I want to talk about the conflict issue because the conflict issue is, is not my issue. If you're knocking as many doors as I am, the residents of the city always want to know about the conflict That's going to require another cigarette. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so can you acknowledge that you are going to have conflicts dealing with uh, the police, the fire, and potentially parts of the school system. Absolutely not. Okay. And I'll tell you, it is not the people who are in the family who is a conflict. It would be myself uh, putting myself in, in a conflict. And I would ask you, do you, have you ever looked at my record? Do I have one? Ten years of serving in the government, do I have one, uh, one violation against me for, for conflict of interest? The answer is no. So... The bottom line is going into the mayor's office, what happens, I just want to let the audience know what happens with conflict of interest. If I am a city councilor, and let's just use my son, and there is a line item for my son's direct pay, and, and they've told us many times, we've had many wonderful people who serve on the council who have family members that work in the city. If there is something that is a line item directly to them, I recuse myself from voting for that line item. When it becomes the whole department as a whole, because you're voting for the city as a whole, they say to us, and that's when you'll see the councilors who have conflicts, if you have a conflict in uh, this department, they'll step out of the room. But then for the entire vote, for just not only the department, then for the whole city, then you can take the vote because you're not favoring one person over the other. So that would be the answer to that question. But I'm going to take that a step further. Go ahead. Seeing the problems that we had in the last uh, contract, the mayor himself thought that he was the cure-all to negotiate contracts. I can negotiate these contracts. Honestly, after seeing what happened, and I've been sitting there, and I've watched this whole police contract uh, for, for, you know, go out, I don't know who's to blame because I'll wait and see the true investigators. Let them figure out who, who's to blame, but somebody is. Why would we want that to continue in our community? Mayors are people who are elected from the residents of the Methuen. We're all city residents. We're all going to know anybody, whether we're related, whether we're friends with them. And that's a lot concerning, too, you know, who your friends are and, and all that. My thing is this. If I am elected mayor, there will be an ordinance in front of the city council, and I hope I would have unanimous support on this to put a negotiating team together once and for all to say that a mayor is still the, the authority, but a team that would call for an outside attorney, okay, because we do have right now our attorneys part-time, but we have professional services not only in the council, but in the attorney's uh, budget and in the mayor's budget. You only negotiate uh, collective bargaining agreements every three years. So it, it's not going to cost our city a ton of money. I'll use an analogy as if you go to a doctor and you have a, 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 a pain 
let's just say in your back, they're going to send you to a back doctor. Why can't we finally for once get a, a company and put them on retainer that have expertise in negotiating union contracts, take the politics out of it. Look at where it got us, ladies and gentlemen. Then you put the CAFO, because again, she's not from around here. She's independent. And you put that team together. The mayor will still have authority. The mayor will say, okay, how much did that department get? And then give a money allocated. But you put them in the room with the same people from the union who their attorneys are, are only pretty much focused on union business. Why shouldn't we have the same for our city? So that's something I will do after seeing what happened. That would be my solution. City council passes it. it you don't have to worry about conflict. You don't have to worry about politics, favors. It's finally set time to do the right thing. And that is my proposal. And, and so, so the only thing I'll say, uh, kind of rebuttal to that is, mm -hmm. is um, you, know, you keep going by the, the initial root cause of the situation. Right. So you, you want to talk about um, negotiating. Your, your position is you don't have any conflict. Mm, right. Correct? But why should we negotiate? I, mean, I know you're going to say that you negotiate millions, billions of dollars of contracts. And I can say I negotiate, you know, real millions, estate deals. Sure. millions of dollars worth yep. of real estate. But honestly, Neil, this is time to fix our city. This is what I, we've agreed. both been hearing. Agreed. And, I, and I've sat here across from a mayor who I didn't, I had no problem with Mayor Zani. I, I, the only thing I've differ between you and him. He served on the city council. He served on school committees. So he actually had knowledge of government. But he, he didn't, when, when this all happened, this is what the problem is. You have to take that political person out of it mm -hmm. because as you said, so, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, I agree with you. Ahead. So you have to take politics out of it because yeah. you're making an argument here with the left hand that says you have to be a politician to run the city. And then you're saying you have to take the that. politics out. Well, that. you're saying because if you don't have, that. if you don't have experience on school committee and, and city council, you can't run the city. And, and I don't agree with that. So um, you, you've got to peel this all the way back to, you, you said, you know, there's, we don't know who's to blame. We, we, we know where the original problem started. We do know. Where was it? Well, Please we, tell us we, because the investigators don't know, so I'd like to and know. And that's fine. Where, so, so where so, was it? So no matter what comes out of the investigation, there was one contract presented to city council, and city council voted and approved it. And that was one of the votes you took, and you voted to approve it. And that's a matter of public record. Correct. Right? So and that was a mistake because, hang on, let me okay. finish, because you violated your own process. You talk about creating processes to follow mm -hmm. here. You had a process in place. You had a process that said, compare the financial impact of the old contract and the new contract. You didn't do that. You had an auditor who was there who said, there's a problem with this contract to some of the city councilors, and that was ignored. You had a solicitor in the room who nobody raised a hand and asked the question to. That's where the problem starts. In the end, we can all hope that the investigation finds that, that the contract should be thrown out because right. that would be the best Correct. solution for Correct. McLuhan. Correct? Right. But it doesn't take away the, the, the issue that happened, the root cause. And so that's part of acknowledging that we made the mistake. We can't say we, fo we will follow process from here on in when we didn't follow them. Right? We had an instance a couple of weeks ago where Councilor Finichiaro had changed that um, 4720 resolution to say that anything, any financial impact had to be disclosed, promotions otherwise. Mm -hmm. And we had somebody here for City Council who wanted promotions and didn't have any financial impact statement. And she was derided because she said, give me the financial impact statement. And she took derision from the, from the people on the, uh, the rest and of the how council. Did, how did she vote? Do you mind me asking? I can't exactly. She voted no. She voted no. No, she, no, she yeah. didn't. She, she voted, voted no. She voted no on the fire position, then she voted yes on the next one. Correct. She voted no on the fire position. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I think that's right. Yeah. So my, my my whole point is, you know, 
your definition of conflict is much, I, I reread the conflict definition from the state yesterday. Yeah. Your definition is much narrower than theirs. I think if you look at it in its entirety, um, and, and you know, you can get I'll, an opinion I'll, on this. I'll, I'll handle, if the people put me in, yep. I'll handle that with the Ethics Commission and with the uh, AG's office. You, like just said the mayor will, you just said the mayor will approve it. So if you're the mayor... Any time something comes in front of the city council, being the chairperson, I have... You you call them constantly. My my file is this thick. And so I have... That's why I said my record is spotless. I would, if... Again, I would continue the same practice that I have here and here. As far as being a conflict, I personally don't because they have told me I can take care of the city as a whole. We've had mayors who've had relatives... You can can vote on the police... You can vote on the superior's contract. As you know... Yeah. Mayor doesn't vote. I there know. I know. Yes. Okay. But you can so, you can you can negotiate the spirit. And, and did I just say I was going to negotiate? I was, no. I was because you of practices. The, you said the capital I will was take going to do it. it. I said that again. Let's so let's yep. let's take this step by step again. I personally don't believe that the mayor should be negotiating a contract. If you take yep. that and they yep. and the and the residents want to believe this all again after the 2013 election, yep. then you negotiate that contract, and I wish you the best of luck because you would you. be my mayor Appreciate if, if you that. did that. I would hope that you wouldn't because after seeing what happened, and I believe my, my opinion of it is different. Yeah. I believe that the city councils, and you should believe that too because it's the right thing to believe. We sit there, we have an attorney, and the attorney and the auditor are the ones who inform us they work for us. And again, if you want to believe peeling the onion back, that's good for you. My my thing is, there was seven other contracts that day, and not one of them caused a problem. I want to believe you. Yeah. I want to believe you. Yeah. You sat here two months ago, and yeah. you said, I read and understood it. Yeah. Right? And then you're in the paper when we filed the complaint with the State Ethics Commission saying what? I, we were misled. Well, we were misled. Okay, hang on. We were. So how we can those misled. two facts be true? If you read it and understood it, how could as you be presented, misled? You, you missed the word presented, Mr. Perry. I, I understood it as presented. With the, all others, H, zero, two, and two. But well, if you read it, yes. if you read it, only one contract was presented. You? you had nine Let months. Let me finish. No, you had nine one months. One contract be, was presented to city council. Is no, that not true? Nine, eight, eight contracts that we had. No, I'm talking about the police superiors. Correct. Because there's the... Correct. The hanging spectacle of whether there were two contracts or not, and they should investigate that. Mm-hmm. That's I agree with that. We should know whether there's two or not. Mm-hmm. One co- one contract went to correct. city council, correct? correct? One contract correct. that you said, correct. and I quote, correct. I read it and understood it. As presented. Why don't you look at all well, my words? Well, so, 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 okay, okay so, here it is. But if, here on. is the contract, so let me ask you Hang then. on, let so, me finish my okay. point. You just changed your word. Here at the debate no, previously, you presented. said, I read and understood. You didn't say as presented. Okay. You said, I'll we'll look back at that, but that's fine. You can. I will. Uh, then you said, um, when the complaint went to the Ethics Commission, that we were misled. Right. And that's when the presented was discussed. So, Earlier, you said you read and understood it. Either you read and understood it, yes. or you were misled. Those two don't so, go together. Well, they do for me. Okay. So, so, so I'm going to explain something. So you've had that contract for quite some time. You have a billion-dollar contract guy. Can you ask, how much money did that contract call for, for the superiors? How much? I mean, the, the percentages? No. How much money? Well, I, I haven't added it up. You haven't? You haven't? You're running for mayor. I do. You're I running do. for mayor. You've had yep. that a heck of a lot longer yep. than the city council, and you negotiate billions of dollars. Yeah. But I've you, got it right here. I'll you, show it to but you. But you can't I tell me how much it is. Sure. Hang on. I'll show it to you. While he's doing that, I want to thank JG's ice cream. They make amazing ice cream, and you guys should definitely go across the street. Here it is. And get something. Here it is. Here it is. And here's my calculations on page, I think it was 25, if I remember. 22. Thank you. There it is. There it is. There's my calculations to show, right? 
This, yep. what you talk about, the 022, right. and I'm asking you a straightforward question. I'll answer Are it. you telling me this paragraph was not in what was given to city council? And it was. And if you know the budget, okay. if you know the budget has, as we had it, and we have a mayor, all these are 02 and 2, and we see that. Now, when you see this, yeah. and you talk about cleaning allowances, yep. have you looked at the budget before? No. You've never looked at the, the, our budget? I've looked at the budget for- Hold on. Have you looked at our budget? Yes. Because this is all yes. a big picture, the so let's, yeah. let's not- yeah. So you know that they get a cleaning allowance. Yes. You know they get holiday pay. I do. You know they get hazardous duty yeah. day. So yeah. with this, again, as I understood this, yeah. this would tell me that they were now putting this all in their base pay. This would not break up the city. That's this should correct. not That's what it says. break the city. Yeah. Now, as I saw this and I said, okay, they might, now again, patrolmen, they get the body camera. They get, I would say, a lot of this stuff. Sure. How come that didn't break the city? Yeah. Why? Yeah. So, so, so if, why didn't if that just, break the city? If you just follow it, right? it, it tells you that you're, you're building, you're stacking on top of this is really what the problem is. <laughs> so these percentages that I've written so down here. So what's the price you have instead of the percentages? I had 423000 that's what I came up with. What did you come up with? Well, at the bottom line, what did you come we, up with? we came up with 2% high. Yeah. I don't have mine in front of me, but I do have it because it was budgeted for yeah. that 2%. Yeah. Mayor Jajuga budgeted for yeah. the 2%. So again, when this was put in front of us yeah. and we read it to say, okay, now they're going to be getting those things and put them into their um, base pay. Nobody, nobody, again, unless they were an accountant or they could tell us that that was the 423000 that came right. out after months and months and months of asking. Yeah. But you, all you had to do was ask a question. You had two experts in the room. That's really the point here. You had a process. You had a pro we, can, we can go into no, the contract over and over. We had a process that said you were required by law to look at the financial impact of the old contract and the new contract. And you... Me, just me. Yeah, you're right. Well, yep. no, 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 I'll take it. Not just you. I'll take you're, it. You're the only I'll one running for blame. mayor. I'll take it. You're the only I'm one. I'm the last one standing okay. on, and you can attack me all you want, Mr. Perry. The bottom Counselor, line is, he, he, watch, Counselor, watch you're this, sitting okay. here talking about I'm, attacking? Yeah. You must be kidding yeah, me, no, I'm right? That's no, my right. next no, question. No, I'm yeah. not. No, I'm not. You must be kidding no, me, Counselor. No, no, no. No, no. Don't worry about that. I'm not worried about it. We'll talk about JG has great ice cream, by the way. <laughs> um, so, so listen, a, a lot of this animus and, uh, and throughout the entire campaign, there's yeah. been a lot of animus between both campaigns. And uh, in, in the last week or so, there have been some really heavy personal allegations made against Mr. Perry by Ms. Canan. And what I'd like to do is, and I think it's only fair on both sides, to let both of you air your side on this. Ms. Canan has put out uh, some information after a Globe story about a restraining order. Mr. Perry has answered it saying, no, this isn't true. So I don't know, I don't even care who goes first because I'm sure this is going to be a great discussion. Um, either one of you uh, want to go first. Yes. And let's just clear all this up. The people are going to be voting in November, uh, I mean, uh, November 5th on Tuesday. Uh, and I think they, they deserve the right to know what's I'm true happy, and what's not I'm happy true. to let the council go first. Okay. Let me just say this. I'm going to say, I personally have said nothing negative about the consulate during the course of this whole campaign. Now, holding her accountable for the contract, to me, that's different because that's part of the job. I, I agree. Right? I have said nothing negative about her from a character or other perspective, and I stand by that. Because on, on November 6th, one of us is going to not be head of Team Canaan or Team Perry. One of us is going to be head of Team Methuen. And if I'm fortunate enough to be that mayor, then I want the people who supported Councilor Canaan to understand that I'm going to be working for them as well, mm -hmm. right? So go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So just, just to um, comment on what you said, Mr. Perry, at a debate, again, I have been doing this for quite, quite a bit of years. I have never been asked a question like, um, 
we were asked at the MTV. I was actually surprised by that okay, question because MTV I think, somebody, I think somebody said, and I don't know if I necessarily believe that comment because to me, the question was loaded. To me, it was he was very well prepared for that question. I was not. I usually don't talk about my personal life, my personal. And I family. liked your answer, by the oh, way. I, I, again, I just don't. Anybody like that to has talk. to deal with a kid that's sick, that's that's tough stuff. And that to me shouldn't be a part of the whole politics. Now our lives are open books, and it's just part of the process. And even on city council, you know, uh, I'll give you a perfect example. What you say about Steve Saber? I mean, yeah. it's all part of being an elected official. Right. Well, the guy tried to have my show taken <laughs> well, off. So, okay, I mean, so you know. but it's a part of it. I mean, it's the ugly part of it, I'm going to say. And nobody wants to do it. But when asked that question, um, he had mentioned that he had a restraining order taken out against him. Mm-hmm. Um, quite cavalier uh, and you know, it just didn't sit well with me because here, here it is. We are interviewing, all, all the people of Methuen are interviewing for the job of mayor, the CEO of Methuen. If any of you's own business and owned a business and somebody on their application put a restraining order, you would, you would be, it would be malpractice not to ask why you have a restraining order against you. I'm sorry. I have, and, and Mr. Perry's going to sit there and possibly, you know, oh, I've never talked about her from the day that I took my papers out, his surrogates, most, some of them sitting in this room, have attacked me, my family, um, on s- social media. Personally, uh, I can take it. I did not get into politics because I don't have thick skin. But I would not allow my children, never did I, when they attacked me, again, for the conflict of interest in 2013. How's that working out? We, we, same, 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 same thing, 2013. Now we're here today and they're using the same old, same old but I would not use my children as shields. I am their guardian. And my children know that their mother loves to be involved in the city. And if somebody says something about me, I will handle it. And they will not never have to come to my defense. If somebody says something about my children, that's a different story. I will absolutely uh, defend my children's honor because that's what parents do. So when Mr. Perry came out with his restraining order, um, we wanted to know why. And he answered the question, but then he made it into this big, and his, and his committee made it into this big, how dare she, how dare she, how, why, why, why? The people of Methuen need to know, and, and you should answer their questions. That's all. Sure. Ready? I'm done now? I, I, do I get the answer now? Absolutely. Okay, so, so let's cut through. So you, you did again what you did when you posted this story. So, um, you know, I don't hold any personal animosity for you, but it's despicable that you would use something like that for political gain. That's my it's personal opinion. It's not political opinion. game, sir. It is. Why would I? I, I did not interrupt okay, you, so please let me won't. talk. I will. Right? I'll let you talk. I want to talk about everything, because you used the word cavalierly. Mm-hmm. I never did. So you didn't go through it, so you mm-hmm. don't understand that. That was not cavalier. The question was was asked, and by the way, you went first, mm-hmm. so I had time to think about it. If you'll recall, go look at the tape. So it. there's no cavalier part of the answer, and you'll notice I don't smile when I answer it. Mm-hmm. I talked about a very, very difficult and painful part of my life, and you chose to make that a public spectacle. That's what you did. I did. Right? So, that's, so first and foremost, you can stop saying cavalierly anytime you want because you didn't live through it and you don't know what it's like. It was extremely difficult. I know people who do, Mr. Yeah, okay, and then you know how difficult mm-hmm. it is. So it was part of a messy, 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 problematic divorce. And when you guys called the Globe and the Herald to get the story out there, and you called the Tribune, because you did, they called me, and, and they said, hey, tell us about the divorce. And I said, I'm not telling you about the divorce, because 
Everything in my life has been done for my children, first and foremost. They lived through a difficult thing 20 years ago, and you made them live through it again no, you by did. rehashing. You no, did, Mr. Perry. No, uh, you could have chose, you chose any finish. other subject that day. You chose Please. it. You I, was asked, I was asked the difficult question, and like every question I've been asked from the citizens of Methuen, I answered it truthfully. But can we get, I, can, I hold no, can we get back to the truth, right, though? Right. Yeah, I'm, She's claiming that on. you sexually abused your no, wife. No, I She's didn't. Claimed, no, no. Yes, she did. No, no. Yes, she that did. was in the report. Saw, that was she in did. the report. And her, it was in your press and, release. And her paid supporters, her paid supporters, right? We talk, want to talk about, let's talk about social media. Her paid supporters routinely come to my Facebook and my webpage and, and taunt me regularly. And that was way before the restraining order. So let's, let's cut the you-know-what here, and let's talk turkey. Let's right? talk turkey. The negative part of the campaign is, is being funneled by people who are paid by Councilor Canan. They're coming after me, and that's fine. I, I agree with something she said. I, you know what? I really... It, this has no impact on me. Then why did you say it, Mr. Perry? Why didn't you just talk about something I else? Did, you brought that out because the you question knew. was the question was you brought it out and then nobody could talk about it. I didn't say nobody could talk about well, it. Well, you did. It's how you 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 sent somebody down to go through the entire file and then you picked and chose things so, that would fit your narrative. Let me finish now because you I let you talk. I didn't interrupt. You mm -hmm. chose parts of the narrative that would fit the impression that you wanted to leave. On, you probably looked at the results from the preliminary, and you did your polling, Wrong. and you said, you I probably, can't win unless probably. I destroy Wrong. this guy. Wrong. Well, that's, that's what it looks a, like. Well, that's your and a lot of people in that Methuen is, think well, that, too. Well, then if they do, then that, that's, that they can and think they, that. And by the way, they, but don't, we still they don't like the But negative. we still haven't gotten to the truth, right. which is my original question. So hang question. on. Here's, here's the truth. Here's the truth, yeah. Tom. Here's the truth. I have never raised my hand to any man, woman, or child. And I said that in my statement. That's the truth. It doesn't matter whether the counselor believes that or not. That's the truth. And my four children... My four children came to my defense and put a letter together, even though one lives in Boston, in, in the course of an hour after that You brought that this in, on your family. That's my opinion. Uh, that's your, that is my opinion. You, you brought that. You so published you, it. You brought that. You published it. And, and again, if people yeah. can't talk about a restraining order, yeah. and then you're the mayor, and you're in the schools with our children, and then they say, well, somebody knew. You should. You should. Yeah. Oh. Settle down, settle down. Hey, 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 don't do that. Please, don't do that. That's what they've been doing the whole time on social media. Oh, yes, they have. Listen, your team, no, they haven't. You're wrong. You're wrong. My question is, and I think that what people want to know at home is, the allegation's been made that you had a restraining order. You answered it by saying, but I beat the restraining order. And Ms. Canan came back and said, no, that's not true. It is true. So I want to know what's true. Okay, so the truth is... My ex, my divorce started with. I don't even know why we're talking about the divorce here. I mean, it's the restraining order that you should be talking about. Because the restraining, because no, please, no. please stop, stop. Settle down, get some JGs. Because the, re the restraining order is what started my divorce. Period. I was at work and I had a restraining order served on me. I was completely unaware that that was going to happen. I had just bought the house that my parents built, that my father died in, and you can smirk all you want. I'm not making this cavalier. This is a difficult part of my life. You asked the question, right? When we went to court less than two weeks after, the judge threw it out. My ex went into probate court and had uh, a domestic relations order done for a day, and then that was removed the next day when we were both in court. So ex parte, when one individual goes in, and I'm a big supporter, just so the audience knows, of 209As because many people are victims of abuse. Mm -hmm. So my ex was not a victim of abuse, and that's all. That, this was part of a divorce. 
right? Sometimes that's how divorces happen, and many people in the Methuen community understand that. That's how they start. And if I had violated that restraining order, just so you know, there would be a criminal record and you would be able to see it. And I don't want to say it. The bottom line is you mentioned a restraining order and it's up for, it is public record that people should be able to know what the candidate of mayor is going to be. And the and citizens, the citizens of Methuen should be able to determine whether mudslinging versus talking about the issues that face the city is what they want. Yep. Right? That's really what the debate here is. Do you want a mudsling or do you want to talk or about issues? you want issues? a fact-finding. And that's a, that's a different Absolutely. way. Fact-finding. Absolutely. Fact-finding, no, yeah. So nobody, you, you made a big yeah. splash. You got the papers to do it. And then that wasn't enough. You came back for a second round. So it, it is what it is. It is. Right? So just be I, an open I, book. I, be I, an open book. I am an open book. I, I got my... I, I figured, you know, sooner or later you're going to ask questions about my president's award that I oh, got yes. two weeks ago. So I just wanted to show it oh, to you nice. so that your team doesn't have Excellent. to dispute that. Excellent. Right? That's good. So... Wow. All right. So, all right. So, uh, one of the questions that I've asked all the council candidates, and some of them lied, and I did a live this week, and I told you who lied and who didn't lie. I was very disappointed in some of them. Um, it was who who are you supporting out of the candidates and elect local elect officials, and who's supporting you? A lot of the people that I talk to when I'm at uh, House Street Suppress, when I'm at Man Orchards, I took, go over, I talk to the voters, and I ask them, what do you think of Steve Angelo? What do you think of this guy? What do you think of Nick, Nick DiSaglio? And almost to the one, they say, who are they with? Are they with Team Sabre? Are they with Team Canana? Are they with Team Perry? We want to know who they're aligned with. So I think it's just fair for people at home to know who it is that you're aligned with, who's supporting you, and who are you supporting, and whoever wants to go first. I'll start. Um, so I want to say, first of all, I want to repeat something I said earlier. So it, it, what's important here is that on November 6th, there is no more Team Canaan and no more Team Perry. There's Team Methuen. So we have to be careful. This is not about voting That sounds blocks. good, but with all due respect, we all know I'm that after elections, that doesn't I'm happen. Gonna, right. Well, it, it I mean, it should happen. It sounds great, but I mean, so I'm gonna, Steve Sabre's elected and he's still got so a team. Steve, Steve Sabre went on... Um, uh, Local blogger. Thank you. Yep. I, I didn't say, you know, you're going to get me in trouble oh, saying okay. that. okay. So, um, and, and criticize me highly. I, I don't think that prevents me from working with them. That's my point. If the good people in Methuen see fit to elect me mayor, I have to work with whoever's elected. Now, having said that, are there people that I think kind of share my vision, the, the view towards change? Absolutely. Who are they? But I only vote, I'm only voting because I live in the east end of town. I'm only voting in the east end and I'm voting in the, uh, at large, right? That's, that's, and I'll vote for mayor, of course. And so I'll who, tell you later who are you I'm supporting? Who are you supporting and who is supporting you? Yeah, um, well, I don't know about the supporting me, but I'll talk about who I support. So for uh, the at-large councilors, I'm supporting uh, Jessica Finicaro. I'm supporting um, DJ Beauregard, and I'm uh, supporting um, Steve Angelo. Okay. Right? And simply because I, I've, I've gone to all of the... Um, you know, kickoffs and listen to their platforms. And I think their platforms kind of resonate. I think that they will be honest brokers for the city. I'm not looking for puppets who will agree with everything I say. One of the things we have to learn in Methuen is to disagree respectfully, right? It doesn't make you an idiot if you disagree with me. And, and so part of that is that in, in the East, I, I, I'm unabashed a big fan of Eunice's, big fan. Right, and and she's been very supportive. So uh, you know, I'm going to vote for her. And so for the people that I'm voting for, that's that's who I'm. Supporting. What about in the West and Central districts? In the West, um, uh, no surprise, Mike Samard, and and I loved you know I loved Allie's you know performance on the uh, webcast. She was, she did she a was great phenomenal job. during she that debate. Job. She was, and I think she's a young and truthful uh, a view, mm -hmm. right? And we need more open books 
talking about what's wrong with the city and how we're going to fix it. And so that's, and in the central, the central's a tough one, right? Because mm-hmm. I think you got four good candidates, right? But and two of them supported the show and actually in, and, and sponsored the show, so you should probably support them. <sighs> That'll be Joyce and Joel, support their, their sponsors. Too. Yeah, I work with. So um, I've had some terrific dialogues with Joel. I got to admit, right? Um, I did not think, you know, that you know we would be eye to eye, but uh, we've had terrific dialogues. So I, I think I can support, you know, Joel. I, I don't know about the other vote. I'm still thinking on it. Okay. Right. I think but we the, covered everybody, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jen. So um, obviously I support, you know, people who support me, but I have been on the council uh, for 10 years and have worked with everybody who's elected, every mayor who was elected, I work with them professionally, whether I agree with them or not. At the at-large race right now, my two candidates that I would pick would be Nick DiZoglio and uh, Steve Angelo. Uh, the other the, the other two would be a toss-up, but I'd work with either one of them. And my um, district uh you know, there's no, I'm, I live in the East, uh, but I wholeheartedly would support Steve Saber, 100%. Um, in the West, right now, I have, um, I Bill Bryant is my number one choice in the West, and I'm proud to say it for all his service that he has done in the city, 20 years of service. He don't stop, and I know he'd bring that to the council. He does a lot of good work he with does, the kids. He does he, everything. He, he's always been there, and uh, as far as the uh, others, I'm good friends with Frankie Gallo. Um, you know, he's, I know he's out there working hard, but I think that Mike Samad as well would do a good job. But, uh, Bill Bryant was, is number one, uh, central, um, Joyce holds a, a place in my heart because of everything she does for the city. Uh, Jimmy McCarty has been, uh, one of the most first year counselors that I've never seen more tenacity in somebody. He gets it right. Um, but I do like Joel and, uh, and, um, DJ, so that would be you know a toss up. But uh, Joyce and if I had a choice and I voted, it would be Joyce and uh, Jimmy. Um, what else do I have? That's it. That's it. You get all three. And so uh, the, the the one th- question that I really haven't asked, and I'd like to take an opportunity now since we're having so much fun. Um, it, the the current mayor has really seemed to get away with so much this, in this last two years, and he's done it with absolutely total authority with with absolutely no accountability whatsoever. He's skating out into the sunset. I'm not even sure he shows up for work every day. I'm pretty sure he doesn't even live in the city. Um, We we have people who live next to the house that he claims he lives in and he's never there. Um, What do you guys think about the last two years of the mayor and what would you do different when you get elected? uh, Okay, so I would show up. (laughs) Uh, um, You could clap at that. Come on, that was funny. Oh, no. Um... You know, I, I get along, like I said, I get along with everybody, but I don't go along. That is my motto. Um, you know, Mayor Jujuga came in, and I think that when the whole contract thing came out and the overspending, I just think that it was just too much, too much to, to handle. And some of the ways he did handle some of the stuff, I think it got him into a little bit of, of uh, a problem. How would so, you do it differently? I would have absolutely brought in somebody independent and handled that contract. And I told him that. I said, you know, Jim, you are the mayor. This is your problem to solve. Uh, you took the job, and this should never, ever have lasted this long because it has embarrassed the city, not only in the city, the Commonwealth, and, and throughout the country. This is, has been a problem. But you don't come out of that room until you have a decision that you can take back to the city council. And the, the, if the city council says it's unacceptable, you go back in that room until you come up with a solution. That's it. For it to take this long, to me, it, it's unacceptable. But the answer your question. I will show up at every meeting. I will show up at every school committee meeting, and I will be completely involved in the community. 
Mr. Perry. Well, I mean, not much different than that other than the fact that um, you have to learn to uh, work collaboratively with people that you agree with and disagree with. And that's what's, you know, the number one missing thing here. So uh, the residents see uh, chaos and disagreement uh, when there's discussions and they see factions. And we can say that that's not true, but that's what they say when you're knocking on the doors. So we need to have collaborative working relationships. So for me, you know, something like the, uh, the organizational structure of the police department, Tom, you know, is ripe for an independent assessment of how it should be structured, right? And you do comparisons and similitudes to other cities, uh, and you use professionals to kind of get a recommendation on how it should be staffed. And that's just one example. Right. But I think you, you know, what's what's preeminent here is, um, uh, again, November 6th, we have to start setting a, a an example for others to follow. And that example has to be uh, trusting open behavior that includes the citizens and is as transparent as possible, because it's hard for the citizens to follow a lot of these things, because a lot of the information is not relayed to them. So communication of, uh, you know, one of the things in, in my plans is, you know, to do the town halls that we've done regularly. We, we've enjoyed those. And uh, I think the people that attended them have enjoyed them. And so they're good forums for people to talk because you've got people in different sections of the city that have much different concerns, you know, the east, the west, you know, much different uh, concerns, you know, uh, related to what's impacting them in their day-to-day -day life. And you have to have uh, a chief executive who listens accurately to the people and kind of reacts to that. So I would say um, establishing collaborative working relationships, no matter who's, you know, you asked the question previously, you know, who, who do you want to vote for? Who do you want to work with? And, and, and I, you know, what we, I think what we both tried to say is that does, that's not really up to us. That's up to the citizens of Methuen to determine who we vote, who we work with. And whoever it is, you know, our job is to, to serve them and to serve all the residents of the community and do a better job, you know, communicating what's going on and why we're doing it. If you guys had somebody from out of town, out of state, come into Methuen, maybe a college friend or something, and you had to take them anywhere out to eat in Methuen, where would you take them? This came from a reader, by the way. It was actually, mm. I thought it was a pretty good question. I'd take them to the sand trap in Methuen at the golf course. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, I'd take them to Al's if it was breakfast. Mm -hmm. I love Al's for breakfast. Um, I'm a big breakfast. I'm a breakfast for dinner guy, too, you yeah, know, too. in the fall. I love uh, breakfast for dinner. I'd go to Al's if it was breakfast. Um, uh, I haven't tried Savastano's yet, but I've heard good reviews, good feedbacks on that. I, I'd take them to my good friend Don Smariglio at Borelli's if it was lunchtime. Mm -hmm. Great sandwich soup. I'm a pretty simple, straightforward You can eater. get a Valley Patriot while you're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can get a lot of things while you're there. Um, I would take them to Butter Bing's because yeah, they sponsored our debates. So I love that buffalo uh the white chicken buffalo dip. chicken, yeah, Ooh, that's it's pretty, lethal. it's pretty yeah. good, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So, um, it sounds, it seems like we're kind of wrapping up here a little bit, and I, I think this has been a very healthy discussion, um, for for both sides. Um, is there anything now? I mean, people are going to be voting in November, and I want to make sure that we don't leave anything out. I'm going to give each of you an opportunity before we do closing statements and wrap up. Um, is there an issue that hasn't been talked about that you think should be talked about? Is there something that's kind of been overlooked because of all the controversy and the scandal and everything that's happening? Um, you know, one issue that you wish was talked about more, whether it's economic development or whatever, I don't want to put any ideas in your head, but it, it, I, I always feel bad afterwards when I walk away and go, oh, I should have asked that question, so I'm going to give you guys an opportunity. So I'll 
My turn? Mm -hmm. All right. So I, I think, uh, not to piggyback on what you said, but the economic development is clearly the case, right? So we've we've done a lot of residential development. And uh, while it's true that we got New Balance coming in, we, we need to focus that. Um, you know, harness some of that energy and bring some businesses in, right? And uh, I have to be careful because I signed a conflict of interest with my company. But, you know, we need to bring in some larger companies with deeper pockets to offset the residential tax rate. And part of that is, you know, you need everybody involved, not just the mayor, but the mayor needs to be a big cheerleader. The city council needs to be a big cheerleader. We, we have to actively make it easy for businesses to do business and do it and speak the language of business. So one of the ideas, uh, you know, is to create a, at least a twice monthly business symposium. We did a town hall the other night uh, in Comfort Home Care on Pelham Street, and the room is uh, fantastic. It's a gigantic room. And we could easily fit uh, a lot of the business owners in that one room. We used to have the Board of Trade. We no longer have that. Uh, and, and businesses need an outlet so that we can talk to them about how is it that we can make it easier to bring additional businesses into the city. And, and that's a very important part that tends to get overlooked, right? I think we've both focused on it, but, you know, it, it has to have a preeminent focus. You look at, um, you know, stop and shop leaving in, in uh, July 1st next year, and you look at PMA closing down in, in June of next year. And those are prime spots. And, I, I you know, I say candidly, you know, I, I love the PMA property. I, I, I don't want to see that just bulldozed and turned into another residential development. We've got to come up with some active ideas for use, whether that be, you know, satellite campus for someplace like Is UMass there a Lowell way to save MIT. it? Is there a way that the next mayor, the next council could save PMA? I think uh, as PMA? Yes. I, so I've got to say I don't know because I don't know their financials, to be honest with you, Tom. I know they've engaged uh, – uh, I'm having a brain cramp – a real estate company to kind of represent them, and that's a real estate company that represents a lot of uh, religious properties. So I, I don't know if the answer is it can be saved as PMA. Uh, but I think what's most important is that we save it as a vi you know, to me, that's the, in the heart of Methuen. And we need to make that viable. Now, uh, will UMass Lowell consider it as a satellite? I don't know. You know, do we t talk to other colleges like an MIT? I look at what Northern Essex has done in Lawrence and, and they've got a great campus because I was a teacher there when they were only in the old, uh, insurance building there, and, and now they're all across that block there, and they've done a fantastic job. And we could do something like that there. And, and by the way, uh, there's also a fantastic gymnasium in there, a, a basketball gymnasium, that you know really could help our recreation program in the city. Um, because uh, you know in the winter months, it's tough, right? You can't always go outside, or maybe you can when you're not older like me, right? You can go outside and play in the snow and do things like that. But, you know, to have uh, places for basketball leagues beyond what we have already is, is, a, is a positive thing. So I think there's a lot of potential solutions. You know, do we approach, um, you know, Trader Joe's or Wegmans to kind of go into stop and shop? You know, those are viable stores that have, uh, dare I use the word, cult followings that can kind of bring people to Methuen, right? And I'm not ready to... <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not ready to give up on uh, Methuen just because we've got Tuscan Marketplace happening and and the Riverwalk, right? I believe that those two places are going to bring additional people into the area, and people are going to be looking for places to go. So you know, focusing on you know, I, I used in the town hall uh, Kings. I don't know if you know Kings Bowling 
yep. in Burlington. It's like a social uh, bowling place. The place is constantly packed, right? We need places like that that will bring people into the city and, and bring revenue into the city. Jen, is there an issue that maybe you think we should be talking about or that I should have asked or that you'd like to talk about tonight uh, before people vote on, on Tuesday? So I do want to say that I'm going to make a concerted effort to clean up all the parks here in Methuen where residents like to go and enjoy um, you know, their recreational time. Uh, I have made, made many comments throughout this campaign that the DPW is understaffed. They don't have enough laborers. Uh, they used to be subbed out. I want to I want to make a hearty DPW uh, department so that the residents can see their taxpayer dollars working for them by seeing the streets, the curbs, uh, the parks shine. And there was one uh, spot that I did identify on the west side of Methuen. So many people are asking for maybe a dog park. It's very reasonable. Yeah, we had uh, that during the primary. Okay. We did. asked that and question. And there is a, a <laughs> piece of property on the west side of Methuen that if I'm elected mayor, if I'm not, I have no problem passing that on because I always like to see good things happen in Methuen, but uh, it's a place where it was multiple acres have been given over to the land. It uh, it could be considered gateway because uh, New Hampshire is right down the street from it. I would like to maybe do that, uh, but take a good look at the Forest Lake, the, the riverfront, and start really concentrating on that so that uh, people in Methuen don't have to go too far for recreation. Um, well, but before we, before we wrap up, one of the questions that I asked you guys during the primary uh, and I'd like to revisit it because it's not going away. Uh, if you live in Methuen, you have a nice house, you've been getting a lot of money uh, working for a good job, and then you suddenly become homeless. There's nowhere for you to go in Methuen. There are no services in Methuen to become homeless. So what happens is if you live in Methuen, you've paid taxes your whole life, and you become homeless, you have to go to Lawrence to try and find some services. And I asked you guys uh, in the primary, I'd like you to kind of reiterate your answers unless you've changed it, uh, whether or not you would be willing to look at using some kind of city service, some kind of city building to accommodate Methuen residents who become homeless so that they don't have to wander the streets of Lawrence trying to figure out how they're going to put their life together. And, and I believe my answer uh, would still be the same. Being on the Psychological Center Board. And thank you for that. Having the CEO here who does a tremendous job. Uh, we, that's one of our goals. We love to service the most needy. And um, if there's some place in Methuen that we c can be identified, um, then the answer would be yes. But just to let the public know that there is that homeless shelter that just because it's in Lawrence, it services the Merrimack Valley. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be uh, from Lawrence to go there. Uh, the police and, you know, from other cities and towns, if they notice that somebody's out, they'll bring them right over there to the uh, daybreak shelter. They're given a warm bed, uh, a sh warm shower in the morning, and, and food. So, but, but, yeah. but, but, but yes, not, the answer not, would be yes. Not to cut you off, but the daybreak homeless shelter, and by the way, thank you for your involvement and Karina for her involvement because I, I work with Karina a lot. Yeah. She does great work. But they have 55 beds in their capacity I every know, single night, and there's 300 more people sleeping on the streets. And we go out there at night and we try to feed those people that are on the streets and make yeah. sure that when it's snowing that, you know, that they're not dying from hypothermia. Thank you for that, too. And, well, no, listen. No, it's, it's, no. Um, but so if you – in Methuen and you become homeless today, there's no right. bed for you there. And that's one of the reasons that I ask because most of the people in Lawrence – one of the things Dan Rivera actually got right is that most of the homeless people in Lawrence aren't from Lawrence. They're from surrounding communities. And if the surrounding communities took care of their own homeless people, Lawrence wouldn't have the problem that they have. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm asking, and I'd like to see some kind of – 
I'd like to see some kind of resources dedicated to Methuen residents to maybe relieve the issue in Lawrence, but also, hey, look, these people pay taxes their whole life, mm-hmm. and then they find themselves in the street, and there's nothing offered for yeah. them. Yeah. And so, so the only thing I'd add to, so my answer remains yes, as it was, uh, I, I think- I'm holding we, both of you to that, by the well, way. I'm going to be in your that's office, okay. that's whoever fine. wins, I'm going to be asking. I, I think the thing we have to do first, Tom, though, is, um, you know, I talked earlier about, you know, looking out over- um, you know, the three to five year period and try to identify. We've got to come to solid fi- uh, fiscal footing on what we have for assets in the city and then make a decision, again, you know, based on facts and data and not on emotion. So, yes, we want to do it. Yes, it's a common sense thing because we, we need to represent every citizen, right? Not just the people who have homes, but the homeless as well. Um, but we have to make a decision that doesn't put all of the burden on people who are already over, over, you know, burdened by some of the taxes. And so, you know, assessing, you know, three to five years what we want to do and then creating a plan and then living to it is not a bad thing in my mind. So. All right. I'm going to give you guys, unless you have something else you want to talk about, I'm going to give you guys, uh, um, I'm not even going to time it. I'm going to let you guys make your closing arguments. The people of Methuen are going to be voting in like four days. This could be the last time they hear from you. Uh, even if they're not watching live, they may be watching this video on rerun on, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Spreaker, on Podbean, whatever. Um, and they may be listening to it on Sunday or Monday right before they vote. So this is your last chance to make a pitch and convince them that you're the person to lead Methuen for the next two years. You go first. And whoever wants to go no, first. Go first. I, I, I did the opening Well, I let, I let you... Go, go at the end of the MCTV and I learned. I'll call yeah. someone out. Yeah. Go ahead. I went, I went in the beginning, so that was the only... For you to go at the end. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I reiterate uh, the points that I made earlier. So um, here we are at the end of uh, a difficult campaign. We've Six months we've been on the road. I've talked to thousands of residents across the city. And, you know, this is a very critical time in this, the history of Methuen. Right? We are – this election is a discussion on whether we want to truly change or not. Um, and, you know uh, – my opponent's campaign has gone into starting to doctor pictures to show relationships to try to frighten you away from selecting me as your mayor. But I say this candidly to you. Um, I entered this race with my integrity intact, and I'm going to leave this race with my integrity intact. And, uh, um, you know, as I said, this is a critical time. I have the leadership, the integrity, and the vision to serve as your city mayor for the next two years. And I have been transparent all the way through. I've answered every question asked at every town hall, at every debate, at every forum. I've answered it truthfully, and I've stood in front of you and defended it, even when others accused me uh, of, of maldoing, let's say. So I am standing before you uh, as transparent as possible and telling you I, I want to earn your support and your vote on Tuesday, November 5th, I am the change candidate. I am the only change candidate in this forum. And if you're happy with the way Methuen has been the last couple of years, then then I'm not the person you vote for. My opponent sent out a mailer that said, basically, um, you know, Jen is responsible for Methuen, we all know, at the bottom. And you can take a look at that mailer. And that's one statement I agree with. Jen is partially responsible for Methuen, we all know. I am the change candidate, and I will bring transparency and integrity back to the city-side government and give you a voice in the city of Methuen. I appreciate your vote on November 5th, number one on the ballot. Thank you. Jen Kinnan, you get to wrap this all up. And thank you for not saying anything. That was, again, You're welcome. The, the backhanded slap. So I do want to say thank you. Thank you, Tom, for um, You're welcome. hosting this. And then I just want everybody to know that experience matters. Honestly, I believe Methuen is a great place. And in the last six months, 
people have gone and made it seem like that it's it's awful. We need change. And what is change? Um, change, I am the city council president, and as Tom said, I ran a great meeting for the last two years. Uh, we've had some problems before that, but when you put me in a leadership role, I will lead. And uh, that's what I think the city of Methuen needs. Um, also, the knowledge that I have, uh, you can work for Raytheon, you could work for Polaroid, you can work for any big company that does not prepare you for government work. It's very different. You talk about facts and data. Well, you know what? And you say, take the human emotion out of it. Uh, I can't disagree with that more. Uh, you're dealing with public employees. You're dealing with residents who may, as Tom says, run into hard times, and you help them, and you help them with you know, your, your heart and your soul, and then you make your business decisions with your mind. Anybody who knows me knows that I care about this community. I will lead this community um, in the right direction. We are headed in the right direction, and I want to be part of the solution. So. Uh, when you go to the polls on November 5th, please consider me, Jennifer Kinnian, your uh, mayor of your city. Thank you. Before I wrap up, uh, where are you both having your victory parties? I'll be at the Irish Cottage. You're at the Cottage, okay. And uh, Mr. Perry? I'll be at the uh, Knights of Columbus on Route 28. At the night. So if you support Jen Kinnian on election night and she wins and you want to go congratulate her, she'll be at the Irish Cottage. Uh, Night to Columbus for Mr. Perry. I want to thank our sponsors, Building and Records Union Local 1421, endorsing Joyce Campagnon, who's in the audience. Thank you for coming, Joyce. We love you. Uh, Neil Perry, candidate for mayor. Steve Angelo, candidate for at-large city council. He's actually a pretty good guy. Joel Ferretra in the uh, central district uh, running for city council. Your CBD store on 73 Main Street in North Andover. JG's Ice Cream, settle down, we're not done. JG's Ice Cream here on Broadway and also in Methuen. Marcus Towing, uh, Climate Design Systems. Uh, Martino's Towing, Ali Safi Ford, District, uh, West District City Council. And the friends of Neil Perry, you saw their slides, they, they, they bought five slides. So, uh, so we, we ran them, I was gonna read them, but it was actually kind of covered during the election. I wanna thank the studio audience, give yourselves a round of applause. For the most part, you are well behaved. Also, Mr. Jonathan, who sat there through all this nonsense. We'll give him a round of applause. Thank you, Mr. Jonathan. Whoever you vote for on election day, please make sure you vote. If you don't like either candidate, leave the can leave your ballot blank. Melvin Taylor says we got to go home, so let's go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.